Spread number love all over the globe. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And today we have a super special guest joining us on the show today. When I tell you this queen wears many, many, many hats. Many hats. I'm talking about executive producer, CEO hat, talent manager hat, the president of a, I mean like a blogger. I mean like what is it that you don't do? I mean, it's limitless. I'm talking about the one and only Miss Tamara Simmons. Hi. Hello. How you doing? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing that good. That was like a presidential introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you are so welcome. But it's so, so well deserved. Seriously, but before we even get started, let me take the time out right now to um, thank you for me and the Vibe team for this amazing opportunity to um, chat with you for a while. Oh, well, thank you for your interest. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, how's your day going so far? It's going, it's going good. I'm in Atlanta today, and it's sunny and hot, but not too humid, so that's good. Right, right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of all right here right now, too. But, you know, it, it, we, we never know what the weather's going to be like. I know. <laughs> so we got to pack accordingly. It changes by the hour. Of course. We walk outside, it's snowing. You know, it's just we just never know these days. Right. Now, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I'm totally, like, um, blowed away. Like, seriously. You know, when I started to do my little research and um, and everything, I was, I was really, really blowed away with, everything that you have accomplished and so many different amazing things and opportunities that you're providing um, for a lot of people. And um, I really, really take my hat off to that. I'm really, really impressed. Oh, well, thank you. Um, that's pretty much, you know, I have like a, I guess people, I don't know what you call it, but I have like a servant's heart. So I always want to like bless other people. Even, you know, I don't even know in the midst I'm blessing myself, but I do a lot of things for other people and just, you know, give people like hope and faith and restoration in their dreams. And that's why I titled my first company Revitalized Marketing Group because revitalized means to bring back to life. And that's the name that came to me. And then when I Googled it, I'm like, wow, okay. So this, you know, it's not just the name of a company, but it's something like, you know, a mission that I actually have to accomplish not only for myself but for others wow that 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 is amazing but you know even even isn't it a good feeling though when you actually could you know give somebody an opportunity and actually bring their visions to life and allow and just to see them flourish yeah it, it it's like it's almost like self-fulfilling because um when I started out as an entrepreneur, I didn't have, like, a mentor in the industry or anything. So a lot of it was, like, just me trying to figure out, like, what exactly my purpose was, what exactly my vision was, and just trial and error. So I feel like if I'm in a position to be able to help others with their dreams, and I wish somebody could have reached back and, like, helped me along the way. And, you know, I, that's what I want to do for other people. So I think that's why I just naturally do it because I didn't have that you know, for myself. 
Absolutely. You know, that that it kind of reminds me of um my overall vision for what for what I'm doing, you know, um I didn't, you know, not didn't have a lot of resources and and the help and anything and I wanted to do something that would not only um help myself but, you know, be able to open up doors and shine light on a lot of people who may never get that opportunity to make it on some of the larger platforms. And I wanted to I wanted to create something that would definitely be able to um shine light because it's a lot of a lot of amazing people out here that a lot of people don't even know about who's doing some amazing things out here in the world in the community and it's just I just I'm trying to find these people and give them some light. Mhm. So, um well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of people out there and um I really in the first couple of years I started when I was starting my company and what I was doing a lot of people said that they you know were watching me and they were like you would post certain things and then next thing you know you would see that you're actually doing them or if they paid for a service like I, you know did social media marketing and different music marketing campaigns initially when I first started out right. I was just surprised by people or like oh, you actually do what you say you're going to do. And I'm like, who have you guys been working with, first of all? And second of all, like, <laughs> right. you know, who, I mean, this is, you're investing in yourself. You can never pay me for a service for you because you can't pay, I feel like you can't pay someone, you know, for your dream or your life. Like, you can't really do that, as, like your lifelong goals. And I think that's you investing in yourself. So that's what I teach a lot is that you're not really paying someone for a service. You're investing in yourself, and this is you sowing a seed into you. Right, right. I definitely feel you on that. Now, what I what I want to do before we, because um, it's, it's so much stuff to try to cover in such a short period of time, so many things that I want to know and I want um, the listeners to know as well. What, what I do want to um, start off with is what were you doing before all of this, before the vision came, um, what before. were you? Yeah, before. Can we can we talk about that a little bit? Of course. So I, um, before I started my own company, I was working a nine to five, of course, and I was an arbitrator. So I settled claims for like Fortune five hundred companies. Um, the, one of the first companies I worked for doing that was Nissan North America. And so I settled claims for like Nissan and Infinity with the Better Business Bureau. Um, so I have like a legal background pretty much. I was in law school. It was in my second year of law school before mm-hmm. I actually quit and just pursued my, you know, my vision and, um, of working for myself. But that's what I pretty much did every day, all day, is settle claims. Like, hey, you know, you bought a car from Nissan. You've been in the shop. You've been in the shop three or four times. Like, is it um, required for certain states you can buy vehicles back? Like, the uh, manufacturer has to purchase your vehicle back or offer you some type of settlement. Or I'll try to offer some type of, like, um, uh, like maintenance package or something like that to see if the customer, if they wanted to keep their car but get it fixed, but also for the inconvenience. Um, and then I just, and then I worked for Assurion. I helped process their EEOC claims. Um, I did that for probably almost a year, and then I I quit and started my own company. Ah, uh, 
Okay. Yeah. So so kind of weird, right? Yeah, it it really is. That's like so like okay. With that I being know, said, like, how did you transition over? Yeah, <laughs> look, that look, you you already read my mind. That's my next question. I know. I know. Okay, so like, what really like? Cause that's that's something totally different now than what you're doing right now. So can we can we talk fun. about that a little no, bit? Really, I mean to be honest, like I was working and I was doing those claims. I had I, I handled maybe like a hundred and fourteen or fifteen files at a time. Right. To an average person, that's a lot. But to me, I got my work done before noon every single day, and people were like at my job were like how are you able to do this and your files are up to date and all your cases have been touched and and worked and I'm like I don't know so they just kept giving me more and more states so I ended up having like maybe 13 states that I was handling but I still didn't have a lot of work right right that's when I was like okay I need to be more creative because this isn't helping me with like my creative processes and I just felt like I, I mean I was just going in working and making you know, twenty six, twenty seven dollars an hour, and I'm like, this is like a breeze, but it wasn't challenging to me. And so I think once I started trying to see like what exactly my purpose was, that's when God was just like providing me with different uh, ways of thinking and and telling me to like go to the library and get business books. And then I started reading business books, and I started getting like Black Enterprise magazines. Inc. Magazine and started reading about different businesses out there in the world. Then it was like I picked up an article and it started talking about social media marketing, how it was going to be very valuable in the years to come. And this was like in 2010. Right. So they were basically talking about how in 2013, 2014, you know, within the next three to four years, social media marketing was going to replace traditional marketing and advertising. And I knew that I had a way of having like some type of influence, um, on social media because I would like post things and people would be like oh my god I wait for your post every single day I'm like you do they're like yeah you're like you really inspire me I'm like you just don't even know I'm really encouraging myself <laughs> right you know? <laughs> and so then I, I was like well I do have probably some type of power influence in social media so I was like I wonder if I can help companies transition over so, I, so for like two years I kind of studied social media marketing myself just by getting like books and things like that and then that's how I ended up starting my marketing company. Uh, um, my last job, I was working, like I was saying, for Shurion. I was processing their EEOC claims, and I actually, like, would forget some of the laws. I'm like, oh, my God, let me go back to the handbook and look and see if, you know, if, if this law meets this and that, whatever. And I've been doing the job for a while, so I was like, why am I losing the ability to learn how to, you know, know how to do my job? Right. But every time I was going in, I felt like this heaviness that was on me. I would sit down in front of my computer, and when I would sit down, I'm like, oh, my God, I do not want to be here. I do not want to do this. Like, what is my purpose? And that's when I was just like, okay, I have to I have to just start this company. So I actually started the company, um, and I was working 9 to 5, and I was like, I, w- I was a mother, and then I had a newborn at that time. My son was like, well, he was like 9 months old. And then I was going through divorce. My husband had just said at the time, like, oh, I just – he just up and was like, I think, you know, it's better off if we're, if we're not married. I'm like, what? You know? What? So I'm going through all that. And then I'm like, okay, God, like, what are you really trying to show me or tell me to do? So I just kept going into work, had bought a new car, was like, whatever about the divorce. You know, I was at peace about that or whatever. And so then um, 
one day I sat down and God was just like, you need to give your notice. And I was like, what do you mean I need to give my notice? And then I just, you know, felt in my spirit, that's what I need to do. I wrestled with myself for like maybe a week or two. And then I said, well, let me just try to see if I can get my first client. And then um, I knew a dealership. And, um, and so I reached out and said, hey, you guys are a wholesale dealer. You know, what if I can show you that you can have more customers in a month doing social media marketing than your traditional advertising? They were like, you know, we go back and forth or whatever. I ended up, you know, closing them. And so my first contract was $7,000. What? Right. And so that's how much I was making a month for, you know, working nine to five. And I was like, so in my head, I'm like, oh, God, if I can do this for like three or four companies, I can make twenty twenty one thousand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's what you're thinking. So you're wow. Not knowing that you have to go through the process of building and everything else. And it doesn't really work out like that. But that's really what pushed me. And I was just like, okay, God, I see you. Like, it's almost like God was just showing me like a preview. Right. So I was like, okay, I see you. So then I went to work and I was scared to get my notice because I just beat out like eight other people for the position. And I'm an African-American woman, like the only woman that's doing this. And I beat out eight other, you know, candidates. So I, I didn't want to tell my boss because she really vouched for me for this position. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my notice. So I went and gave my notice, and she was just like, are you sure about this? Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to divorce. Like, I'm, my, I think my company is going to take off. Like, I was like, it's just so much at one time. She was just like, okay, whatever. She was really aggravated, you know. <clears throat> and I was like, I'm sorry, but I feel like this is what I need to do. I could be wrong, but I just have to go with what, you know, I, God is telling me to do. Right. So she's like, okay. So then I went and sat back down at my desk. I was like, okay, God, I did what you wanted to do. I should be good. And God was like, no, like, you need to quit. And I'm like, what? Whoa. You know? And he was like, you'll never go back to a nine to five. So it doesn't matter if you give a notice or not. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, this is the devil talking. This yeah. Is and so then, you know, I went back and I said, hey, I'm sorry. Today's my last day. I have to turn in my keys. And she was just like, leave your badge and your keys on my desk. Are like, you serious? Like, you know. <laughs> Wow. So you just get so. How how did you like? I I know it was a scary feeling, you know, even though that you were you were strictly moving on the spirit and faith. Mm -hmm. I know um, the human form. I know that it had to be terrifying for you because stepping outside of that security net, knowing that you know, well, I know, I, I know, I got this this coming in. But then just right. stepping out merely on just your skills alone. Skills that I didn't even know that I had. Yeah, right. So, How was that feeling? And so I did. I went back and forth. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But seriously, when I quit and I like I finished that day out and I sat in my car, I walked out and sat in my car and I just cried and I cried and I cried. And it was like a sigh of relief because. I didn't know what was what was that at the bottom of my stomach. I was feeling every single day, and I think it was just like anxiety, and it was like fear. I think I had like built that up in me. So every time I went into work, I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. I knew I was supposed to be doing something else. I knew I wasn't supposed to go back to nine to five, even when I left that other job, because I got fired from that other job, and I got fired from like a file that I did something on a year prior, and people were like, "What? Really? Like?" Yeah, and my, my, the head boss wasn't there. So, like, the way I got fired was so, like, it was really set up. God set me up then, but, you know, and so then that's when I started that other job. And then, I, you know, and so, but 
I went to the car and I just sat there and I cried and I cried because I was like, oh my God, I just feel so much better. And ever since then, I've been, you know, starting my company and it gave me time like during the day to research like exactly, you know, what marketing was. And then I, I didn't even um, really have like a real big music background in hip hop because I grew up listening to gospel and jazz because my grandparents raised me. So whenever I started off doing marketing, you know, just um, I think it was B.O.B. at the time. He was coming out with this like new album or whatever, and his team was like really pushing him really hard. And they wanted to create this like social media marketing team. And I'm going around. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be working with Bob. People are like, what? Bob? <laughs> and I remember one of my friends was like, Tamara, do you mean B.O.B.? And I'm like, I guess. And I was like, he's he's B.O.B. ATL on Twitter. She was like, that's B.O.B. She was like, please do not say anybody. Say Bob. And when she comes to me first, she was like, you're going to embarrass yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so then I, I kind of, then, like, um, I think Atlantic Records started seeing me, like, online a lot. So they were like, oh, we really like you to come and talk to our artists for social media marketing and the importance of it. And I'm like, what? I don't know how to market hip-hop. And then, you know, but I... I didn't really necessarily know, but I, I knew how to market a product. And I'm like, it's just the same way. You just have to apply a different formula because it's music or if it's, you know, a book or whatever. You just apply it in the manner in which, you know, the category it fits in. So I started speaking on panels for, like, Atlantic Records and Def Jam and Convict Music and sitting with these A&Rs that have been, in, you know, on labels for, like, 14, 15 years. I'm like, there's a new person in social media. So... That's kind of how I got introduced into, like, entertainment really, really heavy and early on. And from there, you know, I had my ups and downs and months that I didn't make any money, didn't get any new contracts, and I'll get, like, two new contracts in one month. And so it was, I mean, it wasn't, like, just a smooth transition. I had to understand what entrepreneurship really meant. Right. So I never really knew. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, It's like, you know, you don't work, you don't eat. You know, now you you, you gotta you gotta get it in. And and yeah. I, I definitely um I definitely understand that. Wow, that that is like that's amazing. But I end up in T V is crazy because I never said I wanted to be a TV producer. I didn't even, we I didn't even have cable growing up. We like literally watch I watched the news. Like I was one of those, one of those <laughs> kids that was watching the news. I could say getting things was going on but I really didn't watch like, we didn't have cable television. I think when I moved out after high school, my grandmother um, got cable, and I was like, wow, really? 18 years, and you want to get cable now? Right, right. And so, but, so I never said I wanted to be, like, a TV producer, but started working with, like, different talents, you know, through the marketing um, with different artists and, like, actually meeting, like, different casting directors for, I think, like, VH1 was, like, the first network. I kind of worked with the casting director on getting extras for that show that Lisa Ray had called Single Ladies. Yes, yes. And that's kind of how I got involved in like, oh, this is okay, let me meet actors and actresses. And then then I started getting introduced to like athletes. And I was like, okay, there's, I'm basically all in this entertainment um, business now. And working with different talent. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, fast forward to like 2016, um, Tiana's daughter, Zonique, and Brandon, which is Waka Waka's 
little brother and Miss Deb's um, son, adopted son, they came to me with a show idea, and they were like, hey, we think that, you know, this will be a great show, and I kind of, like, I pitched it to E1, um, and I was like, hey, you know, what about these two for their own show? They're like, oh, well, they'll be great with the ensemble cast, and they were like, well, we're actually trying to franchise growing up hip-hop Atlanta, but we're having a hard time getting it off the ground. Do you think that that's something that you want to do and will make your producer, you know, on it? And I was like, okay. And I knew I was very, like, I had built relationships and I was, right. like, resourceful. So I ended up reaching out to, like, Jermaine Dupree and, like, at the time, CeeLo Green and his daughter, just a lot of different industry um, artists that had, you know, were involved in hip-hop that had kids around a certain age. And then I helped franchise Grown Up Hip Hop Atlanta, and um, then that's how I got into TV, really. <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to everything that you're saying, and I'm imagining it because, like, you know, I, I, I see these brands out there. And I'm 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 talking to you and I'm I'm listening to what you're saying and it's just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. It's mind blowing. I mean, I sit back and I I say the same thing. I say, Oh, I didn't what am I doing? Right. And like even like, you know, my close friends that are just like Cameron, do you realize what you're doing? And I say, No, I just move and I just do what I'm supposed to do. I feel like I'm led to do certain things. I listen to my spirit and I do it. And then I just move on to the next. They're like, no, wait, you have to take time and sit and think about what you're doing. I'm like, I don't have time to do that. I'm on to the next thing. I was like, right. what, do you, what do you want to do? Like, let's make your, let's build your dreams. Like, that's how I am. I've always been that type of person. I think I'll always be that person. I, I You know, but the thing about it is like, I think that it's an, it's a great, it, it's a lot of responsibility, you know, being blessed with that that attribute it, it's a lot you know it's just a lot sometimes and I know that it could get overwhelming at times you know because like you know when people know that you you have certain resources and stuff like that um it can get get can get overwhelming at times but I think that it's good that you you have a humbling spirit about it and um how do you how do you navigate throughout the entertainment business um, to watch out for certain things or whatever? Do you just strictly mm-hmm. move on the spirit, or or can you kind of like after you know going through the motions and being in it for a while now, you can kind of tell who's who and and how do you navigate through that? Well, I just um, I mean I'm, I think I've always been like a humble person because I feel that sometimes God places people in positions for other people and not necessarily for yourself. So I've always, like, even before I was, you know, people knew me for my work, I always asked God to help me to remain humble um, enough to where I didn't lose who I was in, the in like, the fame or knowing people or being around certain people. So, like, right. even, like, working, I handle Jermaine Dupri's day-to-day still to this day. People are like, stop saying you're his assistant. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, it's just a title, but right. me, but, you know, I don't get caught up in, like, titles and stuff like that, but I just think that, like, because I have, I just had a, I had a relationship with God very early on, and I just always said I was going to remain grounded and rooted, and I understand that, like, in some cases, there's process you have to put in place, like, managers and things like that, so there's, right. like, a chain of command, but I'm always, I always want to be the same person I was because I feel like when you lose yourself in 
like, say, the entertainment business, you know, I've seen people lose themselves. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to help you come back to Earth because I think you're somewhere up there on the clouds. Right. And <laughs> I just don't want to be that person. So just being in the entertainment industry, it is um, – I think if you know who you are and you know what you stand for, you won't get caught up in it. Right, right. I think when you start losing, like, your focus and who you are or maybe forgetting or, you know, because when I started, like, working with different celebrities, I think that they they were like, oh, you just treat me like a regular person. I'm like, yeah, because you are, like, you right, know? Right, And so I just, I've always been that type of person where I'm like, okay, like, I see Tia, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Like, you know, I'm not like, oh, can I take a picture? Because... You know, people are like, you don't take pictures with a lot of celebrities. I'm like, they're just like you and I. Regular people, yeah. (laughs) But you know, you 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 know, you're 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 looking at it too from from the inside, and you came in you came in with a humbling spirit, so you just gotta imagine a you know a fan's perspective, who's not around these people people on a daily basis. I I do see how people fan over people because I've had people come up to me. And they're like, oh, my God, like, you did to Robin R. Kelly, da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah. Right. They're like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe you actually, like, talked to me. I'm like, I just want to give a lesson on, like, hey, we're regular, like, it's we're regular people. Right, right. Like, you know, but, but some people, you know, their success can go to their head. It just depends on the thing, like, how you're raised, the environment you're around. Absolutely. The type of person you are. That sort of thing, but the the love that people show and the hate that people show is all appreciated. Right. Do you think that um, you think that that people who get opportunities who who come from um, from nothing and they get they they get an opportunity? Do you think and you know to make a substantial amount of money more than they've ever seen in their life? Do you think that that plays a role? in um the shaping of their mindset as well like coming from Mm -hmm. you know and not having a good um grounded mindset um team around them yes i think so i think that like if you um if you look at some of like the athletes like the nfl players that like have came from like they were playing little league or the, you know, what is it called, Pop Warner yeah. type of football because of the community they were raised in. And then now they're playing for, like, millions of dollars where they're sitting on the bench. But every time they put on the uniform, you know, they feel like they're somebody because right. they're on this team and then they're making millions of dollars. And then, you know, you know, in the black community, we always say, like, I'm going to help my aunt out. I'm going to help my grandma. I'm going to yeah. build my grandma house. Yeah. I'm going to get my mom a car. Like, we have all these dreams that we say that we're going to do when we're younger. Like, when we get a million dollars, we're going to do this and that. I think that we carry that with us. So when the we're in a position and that happens, you feel like you're obligated to do those things because you've said it when you were younger. And if you don't do it, that means that you're a liar or you're less of a person, you know. And I think some people just never seen that much before, so they just purposely, like, you know, splurge on cars and things like that. But I think that's because there's not a lot of black leaders that are actually educating those kids before they even make it on what to do when they do get that money. And then the financial advisors are just there because, you know, they're already, they, they got them like pretty much when it's too late. So they can advise them as to like how much they should spend, how much you can afford in a house and things like that. But I don't think that they have the right team around them or people around them saying like, Hey, 
you may make a million right now, but like live off of five hundred thousand or four hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. Right. Live off of less than what you make. And I've always I taught myself that. I'm, like when I was making, you know, twenty seven dollars an hour, I lived like I was making twelve because I knew if I lost that job, I can always go work at McDonald's. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think that you know, in uh, coming from nothing and then all of a sudden have access to everything, it can have a certain type of effect on certain people if you don't have the right people around you, like helping you make wise decisions, you know, with those resources. Right. Right. I, I definitely. Um... I definitely get you on that, and, and it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, with, with speaking on the um, the surviving R. Kelly situation, how did how can we can we talk on that briefly? How did that that whole situation um, come into to play? Was that something that you sought out, or it was an opportunity that was brought to you, or how, how did that come no, together? Um, well, there was new art, articles and allegations that were. They came out in 2017, and um, I just, you know, I I heard this family. I saw the press release, the press conference that they had, and I was just like, I was like, what is going on? Like, is this like still going on? I said, I remember a little bit about this in 2008 when there was a trial in 2002, but like I was young, I was running around in college, so I really wasn't paying attention then. So then I was like, oh, let me just look into this and. You know, I have a, a heart for, like, wanting to heal families and helping people in certain situations, especially, like, black women. So I was in Atlanta, and this family lived in Atlanta, and I was just like, hey, you know, this is who I am. Like, I just want to know more about your story. And then just going to talk to that family, they were telling me about the other victims and survivors that they are in communication with as well. And I'm like, what? There's, like, you know, a plethora of you guys? Like, how is that <laughs> even possible? Right. And just learning like the ecosystem that was like built around you know the his camp and that sort of thing i just said well there has to be some type of light that's shed on this primarily because black women need to be able to speak up because you do have the harvey weinstein and you do have the bill cosby and you have you know but mainly it's predominantly seeing you know our other counterparts, which are white women but you don't see the, these black women that actually are afraid to speak up because they don't think that people are going to believe them and then they feel like people are going to bash them because they were of, of age and then some of them were underage you know and so when I started hearing their stories I said this you know this has to be more to it like these people need to be able to like tell their story so kind of did that and I was work, already working with um you know Bloom and Murray Productions on several different other productions and I brought them this and kind of say like you know what do you think about this and putting it on a platform to where you know where people will be able to like these women can share their stories so they agreed to it and just kind of like went from there wow did you did you receive any um any backlash from doing it because you know it's still a lot of r kelly fans out there regardless of of the fact I mean, of anything yeah i mean everybody's like um not a lot of people i mean a lot of people are like very they understand like in the impact and the message that it sends is that black women matter you right. know our voices matter but um overall they're mad i don't think they would be as mad if it wasn't r kelly i think people 
or like some people are 50 50 they're like we thank you for you know giving black women a voice and a platform like people care about our stories now care about us now and take us more serious right but did you have to do it against r kelly i'm like <laughs> give me your give me your uncle then you know what I mean? yeah like, yeah I, mean, I don't know <laughs> right but so it's like you know they're like oh you're trying to bring a black man down no it does not the case because you know they did that with bill cosby so no that's not that was not my mission and um but you know at the same time i'm like well you have this this man who has like repeatedly did this to women when they were 15 16 years old and that's what i want to stop because i have uh now she's 18 but at the time when i was doing this i, I had a 16 year old right and i said you know if i have this um if the ability to give these women a voice and help them heal and they they can heal other women and let other women know like they were in the same situation and, and they came out of it. It doesn't matter that it's R. Kelly. It's just like any any person that you're with, if you're in an abusive relationship or if you're mis- like mentally abused, physically, sexually abused, like that's not okay. Right. And you need to know that there's life after that because that's what the message is. It's like there's life after abuse. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Let's... um. Let's, uh, I like to take a little break in between this, and I like to um, give you an opportunity to uh, maybe uh, give a shout-out or thank you out to uh, to anybody you would like to um, at this little moment. Okay. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I want to thank you guys for um, giving me the opportunity to be able to be on your platform and to continue to, you know, have a voice. Um, and then also I want to thank those who have been so supportive, people that I don't know, that I do know, like my close team, my my, my business manager, Lainey, um, for helping me with everything that I have going on and helping me stay afloat and keep my sanity. <laughs> and then thank you to my family, you know, for being very understanding and also being supportive of me and, like, I'm I'm the only one here in Atlanta, Georgia, so all my family's like in Tennessee or Florida, so I appreciate them. And then, uh, last but not least, of course, my kids—they're very understanding of my crazy busy schedule. They understand like my mission and my goal, and they don't hold it against me. So, <laughs> I appreciate them. Thank you so much for that. Now, um, future uh, endeavors—what what could we? What what could we expect for the future? And um, let, let, yeah, let's let's answer that first. What can we expect from the future? Anything the future, we can look out um, for? Well, I have about to see have six six shows in development right now. One um, is a very another. It'll be probably be another powerful documentary and. Um, and then also I'm going to be working on getting into, like, scripted. So I'm working on, like, my first feature film movie. Really? And so moving forward, I'm trying to create a lane for other black creators and, like, writers to have opportunities. Because I feel like God placed me in this position to be able to open doors for other people. Since I told you I never had cable and I didn't watch TV. Right. <laughs> so I was like, the only thing I could think of is that God knew that I would open up doors for other people, like other black creators and, um, and writers to have opportunities that we, we'd never, you know, had before. Right. And, and, and let's just say, how would, how would somebody who has an amazing idea or 
something that that they want to create and they need some form of guidance or, or how would how would they get in touch with you or what's the formula to um the process basically um well i have um a production company called la productions it's actually on my main website the tsbagency.com and you can go down scroll down and um, you can actually submit your show idea, and we can provide a consultation for you. And then, or you can reach us at info, I-N-F-O, at btsbagency.com. Okay. Yeah, because um, I got an email in about that. Um, you have, matter of fact, I got quite a, a few emails in. Um, you, you got you got quite a, a nice little fan base there. A lot of people, a lot of people rocking with you for real. And um, uh, yeah, it's so much. many. Yeah, I'm serious. It was crazy. I, I I've got over 50 emails in um, for you. Just people excited about it. Once I posted it, um, a lot of people been calling me. Just they just they can't believe it. Well, I'm um, open to you know I like to partner with people on like their show ideas and things like that. Um, I know that I can, I'm only one person, so I can only take on so much, but right. my agent, I try not to overwhelm them, but he's just like, well, keep them coming, keep them coming. I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> so. Right. That's amazing. So listeners, um, you guys, it's, it's plenty of opportunity out there. Um, she's definitely looking for that next uh, next new thing um so you guys make sure that you got that information and i would definitely repost that information up for you guys to be able to connect all you creators amazing creators out there to be able to connect in any type of way um i always i always ask um i always ask my guests to this question to get their perspective on um on what what they would say if in this if if in this situation, now imagine you're in a room full of I want to say uninspired people with visions and looking for inspiration, and but they need they need some form of encouragement, some words of wisdom, um, some form of direction, and you had an opportunity to speak to this room full of uninspired people who desiring inspiration, what would you say to them? I would say that I know that you probably had some idea or some type of vision or dream that you had probably may have tucked it away or you may have thought that it would never, ever surface. And I can honestly say that from a person who was, Never really necessarily just a dreamer, but I always knew that I would be successful, but just didn't know in what way I would be successful. That That's probably you, too, because I feel like sometimes ideas come to us and they feel like they're nev they'll never happen or we're maybe in a certain situation or certain circumstance or certain environment and that it can't happen, but Google is your best friend. I feel like if you have an idea and you feel like you know that you need to talk to someone about it you reach out to either a person that has possibly done the same thing you've done before or if it's a new invention like find an inventor and just research people and email people and ask questions and that's pretty much how I pretty much you know grew my business is people would come to me ask me a question I wouldn't know I would go find it people would come to me and want to contact I would go find the contact 
And I think that if you just say to yourself that, like, this can be done, you know, and there's tons of, like, research on, uh, even on social media, there's people leave you ideas of, like, how you can get your dreams off the ground, just make a list of, like, number one, I'm going to first believe in myself and believe that I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that this can happen for me. Like, first you have to do that. And then second, you just have to actually sit down and map out how your dream can be fulfilled in what ways. And then from there, you can say, okay, step one is this, step two is this. And then just continue to believe in yourself and don't let anyone else tell you that it can't be done because there's tons of ideas that were created from nothing. And if, if you have the idea, someone else may have the same idea also. The only difference is they believed in their idea and they went forward with it. You sat on your idea. And so don't be that person that sits on your idea. Amazing. That is awesome. It just flowed like that. That's what I'm saying. Like you are definitely, uh, definitely the chosen one. <laughs> That's funny because I got that tattooed on me. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No. Like on my shoulder. I know people are like, "What? You got tattoos?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm tatted up. I only have six of them, but <laughs> but on my shoulder it says chosen. On the other side it says one." You know what? That 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 is amazing. See, that's what I'm saying. That's a connection right there. See? That's I a connection. Know. I want to ask you too with you being on the other side of this business and not just a viewer of all of this stuff that's going on out here with you having that that um direct access and I just want to know your take on the space that reality shows um, predominantly the urban um, reality shows the vision that, that, that and the direction that they're going with it. Because I look at, I always um, look at the difference between the different shows and stuff like that. And I only see, you know, even, you know, you see stuff on the other ones too, but it's done in a different, it's done in a more tasteful way. Do you think that that that's the ultimate goal is to portray it like that? Or what would um, you say your professional opinion on that? Well, I've learned that drama sells mm -hmm. uh, and BS uh, sells. So that's why a lot of people that want to be famous and on television, they'll be dramatic. They'll be like, they're like oh, I'll be as dramatic as possible. Or I'll give you the BS or whatever. Because they know that those um, those shows get ratings, um, but that's kind of why I wanted to move away from reality TV. And if I did do reality, which I have a couple reality shows that I recently sold, but um, it's more of like giving an insight on like certain skill sets and things like that. Right. But it's also creating uh, it's not creating a whole bunch of drama. But you still are able to, you know, see people's lives without seeing all the drama and things like that. I kind of want to, like, just stay away from that because I feel like even if you're being dramatic on TV, sometimes it can ruin real relationships, like, in real life. Absolutely. Because they may want you to, like, you know, put you in certain environments and you don't know this person. that They know that you hate this person or you're mad at this person. They'll have them show up at, like, <laughs> right. the dinner. Right. And then you're, like, caught off guard, but you forget that the cameras are there. And so your natural reaction is like, what does this be here for? Right. And then, you know, there you go. There goes the ratings for the TV. Right. For them, but 
I don't I don't think it's for everyone. You have to have really tough skin. You have to understand like how to turn it off and turn it on, how to give them enough but not enough to where it ruins your character or your rep- reputation. And I feel like a lot of especially as like black women and men that are on television, mainly women, but I feel like a, a lot of us feel like we have to be a B to even like make it on TV. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm going to change that. I'll be one of the people that change the way that people view reality TV years, you know, because um, I wanted to just leave, I wanted to leave TV after I was like, I can't do this. This is just bothers like my spirit. My yeah. spirit like this, you know, and my, um, one of the execs, she told me, she said, Tamara, you're a black woman. You're in television. And she said, um, this is before Surviving R. Kelly, she said, and you're going to make an impact. And she was like, people need black content. They need black entertainers. She says, so do not get out of television. Whatever you do, just figure out what you can do and involve black people in it. But to where it's educational and, you know, informal and it's uplifting at the same time. Right. So I said, okay. Uh, uh, thank God. Thank God for her, Tam. I know. I thank God for her. I'd be like, wow. What what was her name? Tell her that I said thank you, for real. Thank you, because because of those encouraging words, we've gotten so many special projects and and more special projects to come from you. So yeah, big ups to uh, big ups to her. And yeah, her, uh, name is, her name her name is Ariel Ariel Dunbar. She she does all the casting for MTV and. She's, you know, she's great. So I really do appreciate her. She's the yes. reason why I'm in television as well. So Big shouts out to Ariel. Shout out to Ariel, man, for real. We really, really thank you for that, Ariel. So now that that that's amazing right there. Like everything is just you just seem like the type of person that's approachable. Um, I think that that's that's kind of rare because a lot of people have a lot of egos. They you know they get gassed up when they get to a certain type of level in the game, and I, I don't I don't get that from you. No, and um, I mean I'm sure my team probably wants me to be that way, but I'm just not that type of person. Like I was telling you, and like if I could help someone, I can. Of course, but like I said, there's a chain of command, there's protocols that are set in place. But I'm I'm very like approachable and. I'll try to help anybody, and maybe that's, you know, something that I, like, I know I can't save the world. I know I can't help everyone. Right. But if I could just, like, connect someone, like, I don't even mind passing connections. If, if I'm able to, I'll do that. Like, if I'm like, oh, I can't help you, but I can, I know somebody that can. I'm all about connecting. That's so rare. That's so rare. Um, well, I want to, uh, thank you again for, uh, this this was just really a, a great great interview with so much oh, so much you. knowledge. Um, a lot of people learned a lot of things. My my um, live a lot of people's on the live going crazy. I mean, like this is really 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 special. And I just I want to thank you again for me and the vibe team. Like this this was a really really important um, interview today. And I just want to wish you more blessings and more success and 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 all of those good things because i already know the future is great as long as we have somebody like you at the helm and in position 
of power uh, to be able to open up these doors and not only open up the doors, but also teach God mold and, and build other entrepreneurs to be able to go on from under your umbrella and, and, and expand and grow. I just really, really thank you. Tam, did we lose you? No, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, no, I was saying thank you guys. And I said I appreciate your platform. And if you guys have any questions, you know how to get in contact with me. Absolutely. You enjoy the rest of your day. Wishing you more blessings. And thank you again. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special, special guest, the lovely Tamara Simmons. We are out.